Welcome everybody to the Frito and Willie Show. I'm your host, Frito Marsland, and we always got your other host repping Willie Mac Trill in the building. I'm I'm humbly in the house today. Humbly. <laughs> Georgia versus Florida today. Georgia versus Florida today. So oh. rocking, but but I'm also representing for Georgia with the Outcast Clothing Company shirt. Yo, yes. I remember having one of their shirts from their clothing line, and I can't find that T-shirt for the love of God, really. You know, it it, it, it it brings us back to just a simpler time in our lives. Did, hey, did I ever take you to Walter's Express in Atlanta? No, I don't think you ever did, man. Oh, okay, okay. Just, just uh, if you're not familiar with Walter's Express, um, ladies and gentlemen, Walter's Express is a a clothing store um, in the Midtown Atlanta area. Um, not far from Georgia State and across the street from Underground Atlanta, actually. And man, those were great times. In fact, if you if it's okay for you, I'm gonna substitute the uh the 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 song I'm listening to to this flashback moment. That's okay. Go ahead. Do your thing, boy. Uh, so, so today's flashback moment is growing up in the Georgia area in that '98, and then you know, Frio and I lived in Atlanta. Um, he still lives there, but I lived in Atlanta from no t- 2005 to 2006. So that eight-year period of like 96, 97, 98, all the way down to 2005, 2006, that 10-year period, it's, Walter's Express was a staple if you were into that era of hip-hop fashion. So this is how Walter's Express was. Like, it's not a huge store, not a department store, like just a very small clothing store. And it's where you would go get Dope Boy Fresh. It was, yes, if you wanted to get Dope Boy Fresh, Walters was stop number one. You would go into Walters, and this is what would happen. You know, you go to a red clothing store, you go in, you walk, you peruse, you know what I mean? You see, you know, what's going on. You may look at prices. You know, you may make a cost-benefit analysis of what you're going to purchase based on your budget, based on the event you're looking to attend. You know, regular clothing shopping decisions. You do not make those type of decisions when you used to enter Walters Express. You'd walk into Walters, and a young gentleman or young lady, but most times a young gentleman for me, would approach you. And this is the question he would ask. Hey, what up, Cub? How much money you got? <laughs> it's intimidating the first time it happens. Because it's like, first of all, it's not like these people are wearing Walters Express on their shirt. You're like, why does young dude just ask me how much money I have? So the first time it's like, what's going on? And you need someone to bring you. My cousin Josh, he was the person who, who introduced the Walters Experience to me. So you walk in, the guy goes, man, what you want? How much you got? So I'm looking at my cousin, cousin like, no, nah, just, just straight up tell him. Um, I got like $65. All right, man, what you trying to do? <laughs> I'm looking at my cousin. He like, hey, man, we going to a homecoming game. Oh, all right, true, 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 true. What color are you trying to do? What? No. What type of shoes you got? 
And my cousin's like, oh man, he just got the he just got the Jordan 13s all black. Oh, you got the black J's? Cool. With the red, yeah, like, yeah, 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 the red, yeah, the red secondary color. All right, man, I already got you. He then takes you to, you know, like a lot of things are hanging up, but they're hanging up in front of boxes. So if you got you pull back the shirt that's hanging up, and then there's a box full of those shirts or whatnot. And the young dude literally pulled out a red Pele Pele shirt, t-shirt, boom. Looks at me and goes, your jeans straight? Well, I got you, dog. Pulls out Pele Pele jeans, flips it over. He like, like, you said you only got 65? You you got 75? I'm like, yeah, I got $10 straight. So I'm going to get you that hat. Then he goes around the corner and pulls out the fresh Cincinnati Reds fitted. I mean, you look like about a seven and a quarter. Like, yeah. All right, cool. Boom. You're done. You get your shirt, you get your jeans, and you get the matching cap. This is beautiful. It's, it was a beautiful situation. And, like, that's where I got – I was. I, that's where I bought all of my outcast clothing. Oh, um, all my outcast clothing came from Walter Express. Like all, like most of the stuff I was rocking, the Pele Pele, the Nietzsche, the Mecca. Like I was going to Walter Express, and they, I mean, it was all about a budget. Like you might see somebody come in and be like, "Only got twenty five dollars," so he's not gonna take you with the Pele Pele. To be honest with you, he's not. He's gonna be like, "Oh, you got twenty five? What you trying to do?" He's like, "Man, I, I just want to look fresh tonight, man." All right, cool. Then he takes you to. The budget area, you know, where you get, you know, obviously a lot of the local designers or or whatever, and they still going to get you together for whatever budget you have. It was like literally, is it is the term personal shopping? What's the, what's the, you know, your personal stylist. Her, yeah, like it was like going in that. Now, for the ballers, though, I, I got to understand, like, this is where G, G like, the, the Wall Street Express is featuring the Jeezy video. Right. You can talk about them now. When you was down, when you were in the vicinity of when the ballers would come in, because there also is a shoe situation in the back. Mm. I was there one time when a little scrappy was in there, real talk. What? Yo, how was and that? It was crazy because oh, he walks in, it's just a different situation. It wasn't peak scrappy. But it was no, nah, it might have been um yeah, yeah, it was like 2006. It was, you know, so he oh, was still popping. He still he was still, still popping. Yeah, he was still yeah. popping. So he comes in and it was like we were on an off day too. Like my cousin and I were on an off day. It, it might have been a, a weekday. I think I may have just had that day off or whatever. So we went in there because like no one was gonna be in there. So we were gonna get some, some good deals. And that's when Scrappy was in there. And I don't I don't remember him, you know, I saw him. I saw him just for a sec because I didn't want to be that guy. You know what I mean? But yeah. I think he must have had the people already know what he wanted because he came in, they just gave him bags and like he just paid for it. So he probably has a style and they like the personal shoppers, they probably were just like, oh, we know, we know, we know what Scrappy wants. Okay. Yeah. But the shoes were crazy. Like that's when you would get a lot of those crazy combination of Jordans um, and, you know, uh, some of the limited edition colors. 
you know, but also like this is where you get the fresh felines. Like, like why where are cats getting those felines? Cause like you're not seeing those in you know, the Macy's or whatnot, or even that finish line. And so it was just a really great time to be alive. Like and I'm talking about women too. Like my sister would be would be in Walters. And it'd be like the same situation. And you know, a young lady may walk up to my sister, be like, What you trying to do, Shout? And it'd be like, Man, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm trying to stunt, you know what I'm saying? I'm trying to stunt, you know, me and my girls hanging out at a birthday party. And it was just like, are you trying to get a you trying to you trying to stunt with a dress on, you're trying to stunt with jeans on, what type of shoes you gonna have with this? And, and like you literally have somebody just totally get you top it down. And it was just like, and these these were young cats. So they they represented the style, like you know, you walk like these aren't cats coming in, like with you're not walking in and they got on a, some you know wrinkled up shirt or whatever. Now they you sometimes you would look at them and be like, hey, what is the shirt that you have? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, man. But super urban, dog. Like super urban. Like I said, like another you know, like the Pele Pele, the Outcast, well, the Filas. You know what I'm saying? And like I said, like a lot of times they would have like like brands that you know you just never heard of, and it just like maybe you know, some cat could come in and be like, I'm designing clothes and, you know, I'm going to drop off a box with you. And, mm. you know? and so, like, you would see, like, local stuff that was just, like, that you never saw in another store ever. But, man, Walt, man, I mean, those were just incredible times. Like, you and you have to come to Walter's Fresh, too. That's another weird thing. Like, like if you came in fresh... You get, I mean, you. I, I always got great customer service, but I started to go so often that you would come in and a dude would just be like, I got you, dog. Wow. I got you, cuz. Wow. Because they knew, they, they looked inside your clothes like, like, oh, you, oh, okay, I got you. What are you trying? I got you, dog. You know, and like some people had their person, like they would walk in and be like, you know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 Fred working today? Nah, man, when Fred coming in? Because, like, they're so used to going, like, they knew that their particular person had their style together. What? Like, it was great, man. Like, it was great. Like, like, and, you know, look, I don't know where the clothes came from. The owner, uh, rest in peace, um, I remember he made a joke to me one day I walked in there. Cause my cousin Josh would go, like, all the time. So he, he when he saw Josh, he would be like, what's up, big boy? What's up? What's up? I never kid like he walked in. He's like, "Hey, I just got some." I'm not gonna say the brand, but he was like, "Hey, I just got a new box <laughs> of the blankety blank." And Josh is like, "In four X, five X, yeah, man, let's go." You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, man. Good times, bro. Good times. Good times. Oh Turned man. Over to, uh, over. That was unexpected. Tangent we went on, man. But yeah, man. Yeah, it's all, all good, walk. man. I love it. I love it. I love. We're gonna it. go next time, man. Atlanta, we're gonna go. I know okay. we're gonna be the old people in the store, but maybe you get a, fr- a fresh pair of kicks or a cap. But we're gonna go <laughs> field trip to Walter's Express. I took Eric. I did take the legendary Eric Fisher with me. Okay. Eric's buddy of ours in college. Know. Our boy Eric. He he is he is uh the two freshest people in my in my circle. Oh, three was my sister. The, the the man that you see on the screen and um my boy uh my boy Daddy Kicks aka Eric Fisher. I would just like to set the record straight. The freshness in me has all gone away. I am a minimalist, simple, you know, just regular old 
dad joke. Trudeau taught me how to dress. Straight up. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to tell people. Yo. Yo, like straight up. Like I I, you know, because I was just a t-shirt dude. T-shirt, you know, whatever, you know, jeans of the Jordans. But when I had to start doing the professional wear, the career fairs, the interviews, like I just I just asked Frito one because I, I was buying my stuff, you know, like my parents buy they they dress clothes. You know, I was going to, you know, hate to be like this, but y'all know what I'm talking about. The suit stuff <laughs> in the hood. In the black neighborhood. You know what I'm talking about, man. Frito, you know, Frito, you know what I'm talking about. I like K and G's. Yeah, the KGs. The D and K's. DKs, the KBs. They all they, why do our stores always like acronyms, I don't know. I used to go to KBs, I used to go to KG, and like you know, DJs are always acronyms for, for black male clothing stores, you know. You know, and like one day, Frito was like, Hey man, I don't know if I wore something that made you pause, but I was like, Yeah, I gotta get some more stuff. Like, hey man, why, why don't you come with me? Why don't you come with me? And like, we went up, wound up in Macy's, and I'm like, I don't got Macy's money. He's like, Dude. Do you have clearance Macy's money? And I'd never clearance shot rack before for, for professional clothing. I just never had. And like, you know, you showed me, you was like, dog, like, just buy something. And then, you know, I don't know if it was you told me this, but the game that was going to, to buy clothes, then go to Burden Co. Factory somewhere who has the tailor and making it tailored up. Mm-hmm. But like, you would get, you'd get like, dog, you just need to buy this. And then get it tailored, you know what I'm saying? And there was a, you know, and so like you just put me on game, bro. The legendary mint green blazer that you hurt all our feelings with back in 2004. Yeah, man, good times. This dude had a mint green blaze, spearmint blazer, bro. And he told me it was coming. He told me like, yo, I'm, I'm gonna kill y'all on Saturday night. Don't be mad at me. I'm gonna kill y'all. This dude came through with the mint green, bro. Like, all of us look flawed compared to him. <laughs> like, all of us. Like, he on the elevator, and he getting all the girls looking like, hey. And then, of course, he's like, clearance rack, baby. Macy's. Paid 40 for this. 40. Oh, right. my God. I know you want a crazy tangent, man. Turn it back over to you, dog. Yo, man, you are making me relive some memories, but it's always good going down that lane with you, my boy. No doubt. Uh, yo, but uh, I did, uh, we are talking about the Wu-Tang episode, and I did listen to A Cold World, uh, which is oh. the uh, title of the episode that we're going to be reviewing. Awesome. And, um, this was probably my like first introduction to Jizz's Liquid mm-hmm. Sword, because mm-hmm. they had a video out for this. It was a single, but you know, this was not played on the radio. It was underground. Yeah, definitely. And the only reason I kind of knew about it was because I think it was one of those, you know, I, I can't remember if it was like maybe Yo MTV Raps or one of those late night BT shows mm-hmm. where they would show it. And I'm just like, yo, what is this? Like, mm. first of all, Jizza for me is my number one Wu Tang lyricist. Whoa. Hands down. Hands down. He's my number one. You know, he may not have the showmanship as the others. Yeah. You know, but just for me, that Liquid Swords album, 
Oh my gosh. Like hmm. he is in my top five MCs of all time. This is new information for me. I, I'm wow. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Cause like he, he was one of the first people along with Biggie to like really storytell in mm-hmm. a song to just where it was like cinematic, you know, whoa, where I felt whoa. like, yeah, where I felt like I was watching the movie, dude. There's a screenplay? <laughs> I respect that. The Cold World was one of those songs, too, that kind of exposed me to his type of storytelling that was raw, gritty, yeah. and the flow of the first verse where he comes in is like, it's like one long bar, you mm, know? Yeah, Jizza does that, yeah. But the thing is, it wasn't, it made sense, you know, for him to do it, to do that style. It kind of like just, all right, it was just like one long, one long run on sentence. That's what it was. Yeah, 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 I feel you, I feel you. But I did it and I loved it, you know, and like it, he, I felt like he was one of the embodiments of RZA's gritty style too as well. Like his voice, I feel like really complimented very well with it. You know, but also who's on that track too is the Rebel INS Inspector Deck. And I feel like he is probably one of the most underrated easy Wu Tang members. Easy. You know, it's 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 frustrating, bro. Like Dex, his career is just frustrating because. You know, I, I would keep real. You know, some people are as big as what they are, and you may be like, "Yeah, I can see why." <laughs> guy, mm. I don't think that guy was put in the work. Yeah, or that guy's a jerk, or that guy can't make albums. <laughs> uh, you know what I'm saying? Like, but Deck always—I felt like he always came through when he was supposed to come through. Right. Right. Like, like especially on those first two Wu tapes, mm-hmm. the first two, like you're like, okay, I'm gonna put you on our biggest single, Cream, and he kills it. Cool. I'm gonna put you on Breed the Ruckus. I'm gonna just go ahead and kill it. <laughs> I'm gonna put you on Chess Boxing. Gonna kill it. I'm gonna have you have the first verse on our first single, Protect Your Neck, and hey, I'm gonna kill it. Like a neighborhood spider man. I mean, like it was <laughs> like it was like he just it did so he already did it. Like he already did it on the first album. Yeah. Then um what did he do, Willie? On the second album. Triumph comes out and he has arguably the greatest intro verse ever. Yes. Yeah. Ever. No. <laughs> ever. Like anytime someone's like, so what's your favorite your verse? It's like you let people get to like number two or three before they say deck. It's like, oh yeah, I'm saying this. I'm like, so so I hope deck is about to get mentioned. <laughs> like next, like I'm gonna let you get the three. There's no way there's two better intro verses than decks. So that just it's just not. No, no. Dude, I bomb atomically. Socrates' philosophies and high prophecies can't define it. I'll be dropping these mockeries. Lyrically perform um, um robberies? Come on now. The lottery, possibly they spotted me. Uh, man, come on. I, 
Oh my god. No, like like how 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 did the other Wu members feel when they heard that? Like I've seen I've seen method and um I've seen method I've not seen Deck Live, but I've seen Ghost Ray and I've seen uh um and, and Meth Live. And real talk, when Triumph gets played. All three times I've seen those people, like individually or together, they're like, yo, you know, we got to play Dex first. Literally. Like, Ghost and Rare performing together. So they end the song, of course, on, on Triumph. Mm-hmm. And they both play Dex verse, you know, like for the crowd to go with it. And then they did their verses. Same thing with Method Man. Method Man play, and then was screaming, y'all know this shit. Like, Deck, bro. Deck. Deck, man. Yeah, so yeah. So man, Cold World, bro. I'm gonna re-listen to that when we get off this call. Um, I don't think Jizza connected with me at my younger age. Maybe I just wasn't ready. Mm. I didn't connect with Jizz until like college when you know we had all this access to music. Yeah. because uh, like I said, I couldn't, I couldn't buy all these albums. And so I bought I bought Method Man. And I bought the Raekwon. <laughs> so I was like, what are you gonna buy? Like I got so much going on. Cause remember that that was a that was a much the first uh onslaught of the solo albums. It was yeah. Takao, it was Liquid Swords, it was Return to Thirty Six Chambers, the ODB album. I got that too. I actually bought that ODB album too. And it was built for Cuban Links. And so you know what I mean? So and the thing is they dropped in like either the same one or two years or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 they, they were. Yeah, because that was the plan. Orisa's plan was that individually, none of them made any money, I think except for Rizza, of course, made any money off of Thirsty's Chambers. Mm. It was like, yo, the group is, I mean, they're going to talk about this later on in the series, of course, but, uh, you know, they, the group was just to get everybody's buzz so crazy so that the record labels were trying to free agent everybody. I got you. So... Yeah. And Method Man came out first because he was the most commercially appealing artist. I got you. You know, that's true. And then he was like, okay, now we got the commercial stuff out of the way. Let's throw in Jizza, who's gonna be super what he is. Then you throw in the wildness of ODB, who also was sort of commercial, not because he was a commercial rapper, but because he was a marketable guy. His personality. And personality. And then you also then you throw in Ray and Ghost on Bill for Cuban Links, which was a return to some of the more grimy stuff. But because of the personality of of Ghost and Ray, it, it crossed over a little commercially with, with ice cream. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So, so yeah, man, let's talk about it. We haven't even talked about the show yet, man. But no, so, man. The great things, man. Yeah. I mean, you know, and we can transition very easily because I feel like the grittiness of Cold World, the song, transitioned into the beginning of the episode, you know what I'm saying, with no. the grittiness of the show. You know, where you got your boy, Divine, had to admit that he's, quote, unquote, a crack man. <laughs> that was hard, bro. That was hard to watch. That was hard to watch, bro. And you could I, see I, him. He was dealing. He was just like, oh, I'm not one, but I got to admit one. Because mama, <laughs> mama got me up here. You know, it was crazy because they he hit all the points. He hit all the points. You know what I'm saying? I'm a, you know, the whole metal, extended metaphor of 
I've realized I'm the monster, you know? <laughs> and the victims are my family. And it hurt my relationship with the good Lord and all that. And I it was just like, he, he definitely, you know, you know, it is Screen Actors Guild Award for that one. Like he was, he was up there, you know. Uh, yo, but yo, real talk, man. Like that, that ain't bad, man. Eight months in rehab? That's light work. Eight months? No. Mm-hmm. That's light work. I mean, For you would think, charge. I mean, you would think to get out of jail where you have to risk your life every day so you don't get stabbed and stuff like that, you know? Bro, I, I told you, bro. You, that prison stuff, bro. You, know, <laughs> you ain't built for it. <laughs> not at all. <laughs> I'm not either. I couldn't do in-school suspension in high school. Nah, bro. Oh, man. You got me bugging. <laughs> no. <laughs> crack, will never own, crack will never own me again. <laughs> Yo, but your boy foul. You know what I'm about to say, your boy. I know. Go ahead. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, you go ahead. You, that's nah, your boy. I know he's talking about. Because first of all, power was there as well. You know what I'm saying, your boy. <laughs> he dirty, son. He's at the hearing. And he's that's listening so to all funny. this. <laughs> Yo, but it was so. That was like an unexpected jewel. Because I wasn't even. Power wasn't even in my frame of thought. Not at all. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking, you know, Bobby might be there. D-Love might be there. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Maybe Hayes. Maybe? Mm-hmm. I, you know, but why would he be there? You know, whatever. <laughs> like, Powell gets a... <laughs> I felt like I was in high school when you got the classmate, they got to start reading something, and, like, you know, he's having trouble. And then you got that... Everybody had that jackass in the class that was going to laugh at you, laugh at people. You know what I'm saying? That's what I felt. I felt like the person's up there reading, you know, reading World History Chapter 5, page 2, and you got your boy in the back. <laughs> I can't read. Kids are cruel. So, um, the power, power, you know, but shout out to Divine for step. Hey, that's some grown man stuff. So, yeah. I mean, he did what he needed to do. You know, like he had to get out of jail. And if he had to take that charge, I'm not familiar with the legal system and how it affects your life outside of it. But roughly. <laughs> but, Yo, that felony charge, I can't help you. Woo. Uh, and black. Say- Nah, it's like it, it, it. We need to have a whole other pod about the ridiculous of our prison and our re, re, rehabilitation system. But yo, to get eight months though, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying, and to be able to say, like, I will say, I don't know, like, I think it depends on the industry and the and the corporation. But I, he probably may have a a hard, a easier time saying that. You know, I was on drugs. I was in the wrong nick in the community. I got hooked on drugs, and I and I rehabilitated from. Them. I'm a better person than I stole drugs. Mm. So, no, but still, you gotta check that felony box. That's a rough situation. 
And he had a rough time with that because you saw, I think later on in the in the episode, I don't know if it's this episode. Now nah, I may be getting episodes crossed up. It's know? okay, even if you are, it's cool. <laughs> you know, he has some issues with the kind of like, should I cross this when he was filling out that job application? Like that felony, you know, he was just like, dang. That automatically you throw in the trash. No, that's that's trap, that's wastebasket. Oh, it's route. Shoot, in 89, what was it, 1989, 1990, 1991? Yeah, man. Oh, my God. Uh, So, man, your boy Devine gets home. Yeah. Everybody's happy to see him. Yes. You know, haven't seen him in a while, you know. But he ain't really digging how Bobby doing things, man. This was disappointing because go Why ahead. Why was it disappointing? No, no. Why was it disappointing? Because I got some insight. Why was it disappointing? All right. So it was like I I I feel like he has hero syndrome. Like he wants to save the day. Mm. And that's more important than the day being saved. Like Bobby and D Love got a good thing going. Yeah. Well, at this time of the episode, they got a good thing going. They got a good thing going. Like they selling tea and, and dirt weed. <laughs> they selling Starbucks packs and, and dirt weed to Wall Street people who don't want to get caught up, who aren't. Like, even if the weed is bad, it's not like Winthrop is going to come check, come looking for you. What is, you know what I'm saying? Like, Winthrop pull up on you. Hey, man, this is not, the, this is not, this is not the Kush that I thought I was ordering. You know what are you going to do, Winthrop? You know what are you going to do? I mean, all Winthrop can do is call the cop. Now, Winthrop can call the cops. So that is always something. But still, like, the risk level. Ain't nobody blowing up your trap house selling right, weed on right. Wall Street. Your life ain't in danger right. to that level. So it's like, nah, they got some good, like, they 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 actually did an incredible manufacturing thing about being able to lower the product and still keep the same price. Like, it's honestly genius what they've done. But Divine wants to be the hero and Divine want to be Nino Brown. Yeah, like, it's just sad. It's very sad to see him. Now, the other side of that, Bobby got the audacity to be still doing that and chasing his dream. That's the other thing. I think if they were just doing the weed thing, it'd be one thing, but it ticked Divine off even more that Hayes, that his mother, that the neighborhood, even little Randy is like, yo, this tape five. So you got Devon, who's more caught up in his hero, his self-hero is needing to be a hero. And he was like, yo, I thought we we're gonna get a lab. And I'm like, what? Oh, you really wanna cook the coke? Son, he was like, I'm on some empire type stuff. Yo. Like anybody who knows anything about 
the, the history of kingpins. You know what I'm saying? They don't get out. Or they do, they come back and they're a shell of themselves and realize their whole life. Look up Freeway Ricky Ross, not Rick Ross the boss, not Rose, but look at the guy who based his life on. Like Rick Ross literally was a legend. Like literally, I mean, he says he's the first. Look, this the Freedom Wilson show do not um, you know, not support drug use, drug manufacturing, drug selling, whatever. All right, but Rick Ross swears he's the first person to put cocaine in the microwave. And like so like he, you know, like so he was like huge in the West Coast. Like Snowfall, RIP to John Singleton, but <laughs> Rick Ross would tell you that he that Snowfall is literally, is literally his story. But you know, so the real Rick Ross, like he got you know locked up and everything, boom, boom, boom. And guess what? This rapper out of Miami takes his name and becomes famous. The real Rick Ross sues him in court. It ends up the judge taking rapper Rick Ross's favor. And it's like Rick Ross, the the drug, the former dripping is like, yo, like I literally did this. I did all of this. Like I, I did this. I, I was on the interstate. I was, you know, d- doing all this great, this thing, this, you know, nationwide drug trafficking and everything. This guy's a rapper and he's taking my, t- he's took my name. My person, you know, my personality. The, the real 50 Cent is not the real 50 Cent. 50 Curtis Jackson based it off a real gangster New York called 50 Cent. Like it, it continues all the time. And it's like, man, like, but no one's feeling sorry for Rick Ross. Like, like, like he's like, there's a documentary, I think he's on Netflix. And he's like, oh, woe is me. Do you know what it feels like to, to have your identity taken? It? it like, I'm seeing I'm seeing watching this like. I care zero about this. Zero. You ruin lives. No one cares. To that level, like, yo, I got his book. I got his book on um, Audible and everything. And, like, because it you know, intersects a lot of what was going on in hip-hop at that time and how many rappers literally were trying to hang out with him to get, you know, just to put in their rhyme, you know, and everything. But nobody feels sorry for a drug campaign. Who wants that? Like, I find it just hilarious. Like, like, whatever. But, uh, but yeah, man, he's jealous. I'll turn it back over to you. I think what you said was on point by the hero complex. I was thinking about it more as an ego trip. <clears throat> mm, like, that too. You know, it, because he wanted to save the day. You know, so that goes in line with your hero complex. He wanted to be the one. He wanted to be the man in these streets. You know. <laughs> With the old school Chevy, the drop top. Jeezy, bro. It always comes back to Jeezy. <laughs> and the disdain he just had for just Dennis and Bobby. Just like, because of you two. Oh, like, they should have jumped him. Like, it was sort of weird. Like, like they, like, does he think they're his dad, their daddy? Like, they should have just beat him up. Like, what brothers do. Like, we, they should have just beat him up. Oh, come on now. You know he's taking over that daddy role. Like, that devil. No, he, he need to get touched up. He should have got touched up then. <laughs> Though, Bobby did lay the the, the, the verbal, the, the, the ooh. You remember the ooh moment? 
don't don't you got a curfew? Oh yeah. <laughs> Yo, I was like, I've seen this episode like three times, but I watched it again, you know, for this and I still was like, oh <laughs> I forgot it was coming. I forgot again it was coming. Yo, don't you got a curfew? Uh Bobby this Bobby has been stepping up to Divine a little bit more, man. He needed he needed to just touch him up. He and D Love could touch him up. Not Bobby by himself. Bobby, nah. don't get your butt with by yourself. Nah. But D Love and you could touch him up. <laughs> just touch him up real quick. Y'all in the basement too? Just touch him up. I don't think he wants his, his equipment to get messed up. You know what I'm saying? So. Oh, you're right. You need to find a new you need to find a different situation to touch. You know, you know what? Devon might come back and rent the equipment. You're right. Devon Petty. You never mind. Oh. <laughs> ah, Devon would totally mess up the equipment. And mama, mama would be like, y'all, why y'all doing this in my house? Oh my gosh. Yo. Oh, yo. But another thing that took me back with this episode, man. Okay. The distribution of music. Like how, like, folks. Tapes. Like, dude, this really took me back to, like, our college days where you and Eric would be my music connect. And like, I remember I was just like, yo, man, just, uh, I'll just go to you, man. Just like, yo, just, um, just hook me up, man. And you would just give me just like, <laughs> of CDs. But the thing is too, my car could play like an MP3. So sometimes you put like a hundred songs. <laughs> like six albums on the top of CD. Stuff you need to ask for. This is the Joel Santana mixtape? Why is this? <laughs> the best of Luther Vandross? What's going on? Yo, yeah, I took my mixtapes seriously, dog. I took my mixtapes, like, my mixtapes, like, let me get 18 tracks. On. I took those joints seriously, bro. Oh, my I thought God. I really was out here. <laughs> Yo, I'd be on the blogs, dog. Like, remember when, I mean, they wouldn't even call them blogs. I think we'll still call them message boards. But, um, like, what, someone someone put Jay-Z and Nas on the same song? Oh, <laughs> Over the juvenile hobby? Yes, I put that on the mix. <laughs> oh, my God. Y'all be like, where you got him? Yo, 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 I'm, I'm, yo, I'm out here. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, bro. Oh, my God. Now, you're right, though. You talk, talk more about that distribution of the tapes. Yeah, you know, because it just, it was the anticipation because, like you said, like, folks really didn't have the means like we do for streaming and just immediate access to music like that. And plus, growing up, I ain't had no cheese like that to be buying albums. <laughs> No, all the time, and no loop like that. So when you did get your hands on some hotness, on some fire, first of all, you geek up, you excited, yeah. you, you like, I'm gonna go into my room, I'm gonna just like zone out to this. I'm gonna be like, yo, have you heard such and such? You need to get up on it for real. Same like, delight in the honey bun. Same yeah. delight in the honey bun and the tape. You good. You know, 
because I remember in high school, dog, like, you know how you have them, them few cats who are a little bit more, who have a little bit more resources than you. Of you know? course. And so, you know, back in high school, the new thing for like the real technologically advanced was cats with burners, with CD burners. Oh, yeah, yeah. You know? So I remember my homeboy, you know what I mean? Be selling the CD for $5. You know what I'm saying? And that's yeah. how I got my hand on Takao 2000. Well, yeah. you know, he's just like, yo, I got you. You know what I'm saying? May, may take about a week, but. <laughs> yo, so look. What's up? I, I can say this. This person don't work for the, it's, I'm not going to say his name. He don't work for the institution anymore. He's long retired. So look. I was the connect, but look, I was taking technology class and they had a CD burner. I'd be up in that <laughs> Yo, yo, I'm not gonna say his name, mm-hmm. but the teacher, I, you know, I was a good student, right? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, one day I was like, hey, Mr. Blank, I see you got a CD burner. He just was like, yeah, because he was using it to, you know, you know, do other stuff with it. And I was like, yo, like, can I can I use it? He was like, for what? I think I said something. <laughs> he was like, okay. It took an hour to burn one of those joints, dog. A whole hour. So you gotta understand, like, I'm in class. Like you said, a week, like to make five tapes, it would take five class periods. So like I would have to come in class, like legit run to the computer and you know get it together and then go and then like attend class. Right. And then like, I think a couple of times, like I caught up after work, you know, like like you know, after class, I was like in band. I was always I was in band, I was in math league, I was in newspaper. So like yo, like I would like wait for the bell to ring and run to his classroom. And I would hope he's like, oh, I'm gonna stay here an hour and do my lesson plans. Or I got he he coached uh, one of the athletic teams. I think they won the JV teams. So like, yo, I'll be like, yo, yo, can you keep a door unlocked? Cause he had like expensive stuff in there. So he's a technology room. He like, really, man. I like, no, no, I just, I just, you know what I'm saying? I wonder does he know what I was doing? But anyway, but I was a good kid. So he was like, whatever. But yo, I definitely was up in there. But the the question I have for you: Were you? I was selling them, though. Like, were you dubbing from another CD or were you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that's what happened. Like, like you know, somebody got the uh, the new Goody Mob CD, and it'd be like, yo, like I can't afford the Goody Mob CD because I just had to buy the Outcast and the Buster Rhymes CD. You know, like, come on, you know what I'm saying? Right. So that one person had the Goody Mob CD or whatnot, and then you know, you get a stack of the Memorexes. You know, you know, you get the, the five pack. You know, so I, I didn't live. I live in a town that didn't have a Walmart, so guess I had to get the memories from like General Dollar, Dollar's Family Dollar, and they didn't even come in the. We didn't have the high spindle. Remember, when they used to come in like the five pack. Yes, I do. No, no. so it was like overpriced, right? So they're like, you know, you get the spindle, they're like a quarter a piece. I was paying like a dollar fifty, you know, for the five pack. Yeah, but still, like I was running. I was like, crap, I gotta get five dollars together. Get five dollars from the family dollar store, come with those memorexes, and then be like, Yeah, man. Yeah, man. It was crazy. Like yeah. hour to burn a CD, y'all. Like an hour, easier hour, probably longer than that. Um, 
But yeah, man, like that's how it was, bro. Like, yeah, man. So yeah, it was a flashback to see everybody dubbing the takes and how like, yo, take this, take this. And like, I'm sort of jealous of that because, you know, in the rural town, that wasn't our scene. Like, you know, we're not from New York, you know what I'm saying? So, you know, to hear people talking about the Rob G tapes or the Kid Capri tapes or the Funk Flex tapes or the Clue tapes, like, man, like that had to be just a crazy time. Um for for that like I, I and I I still I know the mixtape is not the same anymore because of streaming because anybody you know but yeah man college that was a big deal to be able to to and some people were just really good at it I think I was okay yeah uh, I know I used to continuously have to make mixtapes for CP and um I actually call them the riding the riding high series you know so that was like riding high volume one riding high volume two. <laughs> Did I mean like a slow jam one? It was called Riding Low. I was, I thought I was doing some things, bro. I really thought I was, man. Yeah, it is. It definitely took me back, man. And I loved it, you know. And yeah, I man. know it's beautiful now that we have all this access to streaming, but it definitely takes out the, I don't know, the the specialness of the anticipation. Yes, the anticipation. It's That's anticipation a good word for it. Of knowing that, like, because, like I said, we know, we, we understand this behavior is not legal now, but, like, I know what it feels like to literally be in class, see one of your homeboys on the set, and they go, yo, what's up? Um, Love Below just posted. And now you got to go run, you know. Of course, we both still bought the original CD. And the fact is, I didn't even, I'll be real with you, I didn't even get it. Because the anticipation so high for the album that like everybody was like, oh, it's on stank on, you know, I'm on my speaker box, level below is posted. You and I still drove around trying to find a real CD. Like we had that much respect for what was going on. But yeah, I know that felt like for somebody to scream. But it was also great because there are artists that I, we were on too early. Like we had TI I'm serious. <laughs> you put me on that. You put me on T.I. I don't tell everybody T.I. was going to be huge, but the first album didn't you know, break mainstream. Like, I was like, this guy's going to be great. But would I have listened to it if I didn't get that? You know what I'm saying? Right. Yeah. But like, but yeah, I, I'm on getting, I'm serious. It's like, why is no one, why aren't people going nuts about this? Like, this guy is ridiculous. And so... There were definitely negatives about it, you know what I'm saying? I respect any artist who had a problem with I really do now, you know, growing up. Mm-hmm. But, man, but, like, yeah, I'm serious as a perfect example of how I think that helped his career because if you if you had that album, you knew he was going to be big. Like, I remember you telling me about this dude named T.I.P. who's claiming he's the king of the South. And I'm just like, king of the South? How you king of the South when nobody ever heard of this dude, man? <laughs> <laughs> But you was hyping him up, man. You was hyping him up big time. And I, I was I was a fan quickly, like super quickly, because you know, when I, I, I know that reel when it puts on, like you know, same thing with Jeezy and Trapper Die. Like, <laughs> when you get that reel, you like, oh, this is this is it. Uh, <laughs> this is what we need to be paying attention to. So yeah, shout out to uh Tip. Main man tip, man. Most depth. So, you know, that was a great feeling that the Wu Saga series put into me and stuff like that. So I love that. Love it. Love it. I do wonder, did we know before this episode that Devon had a girlfriend? 
Yeah, yeah. You probably just don't remember because her hair changed. But remember early in the episode when she when, when he went in that and the girl had the safe? Yeah. That's her. That's her. Yeah, that's her. That's right. I think I think they never sort of made it look it made it look like she was just like the safe house a little right. bit. Right. They yeah. never really like it was a relationship. But yeah, I get what you're saying. I guess watching it makes it like, oh, they're a relationship. This ain't just a business relationship. So yeah, you know, yeah. that made her hair change. Her hair it change. did. Yeah. All right, all right. That makes much more sense now. You know, um, I'm not going to lie with this one. This automatically takes me to my LVP, man. I think I know where you're going. So let's go ahead. Just go ahead and do it. Just go ahead and do it, dog. That damn aunt, man. Auntie Laurie, man. Auntie Laurie. Because you got to understand, like, when my demise is at my own hands, okay, cool. (laughs) I'm fine with that. Yeah. Put it on me. But when my demise comes at the hand of somebody else, that hurts, bro. Somebody that you, somebody else that you love, somebody else that should be in your corner, that does hurt. You know? And and you know what? She put a bad rap for all the single aunties out there because I know some awesome aunties out there who. Super aunties. (laughs) Aunties be. Undies be out here saving lives, bro. Ain't nothing like an auntie. I got my first Spider-Man action figure from an auntie, son. Still remember that. I got my first high-top Nikes from an auntie. (laughs) Christmas. 1991. These came through with the all... All black, then they were Nike Airs, and they had the air bubble in them. All black high tops with the Nike Air. I thought I was about to dunk on somebody that day. Opened up the box, and she sent it in the mail because she used to live in New York at the time. So she sent it through the mail, son. Yeah. I had no idea. I thought, oh my God, these. That's when I was so young, I thought every high top shoe was a Jordan. Are these Jordans? They were, right? But still, they were like super high quality Nike Airs. And like, yeah, man. Shout out to Auntie. Yeah. And Laurie, trash, bro. Speak on it. He is, man. Like, trash. <laughs> and you know, there was some foreshadowing because, you know, the moms had already said, like, yo, you know, you don't crap where you uh, live at and stuff like that. You're just like, oh, snap. What that mean? I thought it was about the relationship that she was trying to have with old boy. Me too. I had no, I, the numbers thing didn't even cross my mind. Nah, not at all. Not at all. Didn't even cross my mind. You know? And then, though, when she, like, said, like, yeah, I hit the numbers and stuff like that and got everybody all these kids, she's like, Hmm, that's very at lucky. The rib shack, at yeah. the rib shack. At the rib shack. Like, that's very lucky, you know? <laughs> uh, 
Oh. There's kids involved, bro. Like, how do you... I, but, yo, like, there are people like this, bro. There are certain people out there, they just... The survival, like, quotient is so high mm -hmm. that they just don't see other people as people. Mm. They see as steps steps to for advantage or disadvantage or, or, or nothing at all. Yeah. And that's how she saw her sister and her family. And yeah. she tried to make it better by coming through with the Atari and the uh, Broadway tickets. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like she put everybody's life in severe danger. So I didn't know. So, so look, I was thrown because I'm like, Larry's a gangster? They just, that was a very weird moment when I realized what was happening. Like, I, I, you know, like even like the numbers thing, like, oh, they play numbers at the Rip Shack. It still didn't connect with me that this is, of course, numbers is an illegal lottery system. So, yeah, like, you know, that's a serious situation. Like, you hit the number and you playing at the Rib Shack, that means the Rib Shack about to lose money. So, yeah, I, mean, I get it. But it didn't connect the dots that uh, that a real serious situation was about to happen. Until uh, the freaking mob, freaking mod squad showed up. That was a very painful scene for me. Why was that? Man, cause so to keep it real, like this has been a little bit of escapism for me. Mm -hmm. This show, and cause you're like, oh, it's, it's, a, it's a black cast, it's freaking Wu Tang. You know, racism is prevalent in, in every part of society, but I I wasn't prepared for that to happen. Yeah. So when they play, well, that's a real song, by the way. Is it's actually based off Strangers in the Night. But you know, this is trash ass comedian. I don't, I'm not even gonna say his name because damn him. But he made a career in the 70s and 80s by doing what I think he called uh, what was his term? Um, but pretty much is like like obscene comedy, and apparently obscene. You know, racism fits into the obscene quality comedy category. So he he did do this. Like he did go around performing these songs like niggas in the night and to applause and all types of stuff. I, I even listened to a, a, a recording of it after um, and I was like, this can't be real. And I was like, wow, this dude like legit made a career off of this. Mm. You know, doing these parody songs, but this isn't parody. You know what I'm saying? This is freaking racism. So yeah, like to see that happen and Divine not be there coincidentally, D-Love not be there coincidentally. You know, it's a TV show. Um, uh, well, there was a part of me that was like, am I supposed to be scared of these two dudes? Like, it was sort of weird, like, but also just lets you know, like, like how much, cause like, like, like they're involved in gangster stuff, like Devon, Shaw, D-Love, even Bobby. They're all involved in some real stuff, like people apartments getting shot and stuff. So it was just weird. And I think this is always a weird element for me, even in real street stuff, where it's like, damn, like, we're okay attacking each other so freely. This two old dudes just came in your house in front of your sister and your little brother and threatened all y'all lives. And it's like, we got to get the money. It's like, it's a part of it. It's like, no, we just need to kill these two. <laughs> like somebody need to make a move. The Freedom Willie show do not uh, support murder, <laughs> assault, or anything like that. But you know what I'm saying? Like, if you're about that life, are you about that life? Like, it was just weird. It like, are these really mob dudes? I mean, are these just dudes who run the, the rib shack? Like, it was a little frust this this part was a little frustrated for me.
And that's where I probably don't understand the, the dynamics, you know, no. uh, and maybe it just shows how much of a hierarchy there is in the criminal world, maybe mm -hmm. where mob culture is just known like, you do not mess with you don't this, mess with them. you know, and that may have been the cause for them, you know, where it's kind of like, all right, they may be connected to the mob somehow, some way, we don't know, where like, yeah, I see these dudes on the regular where they possibly could get at me, but these folks are on a whole other level where yeah. they could probably wipe out my whole family and I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, so and, and of course you and I are not the authorities on that type of situation. <laughs> so so yeah. So I I I'm assuming so what I'm saying is they they probably did the right thing. It yeah. just was like what is going on? <laughs> like right. why y'all putting these two dudes? Yeah, but Aunt Laurie, man, trash. But something also so since you just did your LVP, I'm gonna throw my LVP in there right now too. Who's that? Someone who is equally responsible for what happened in this episode is Devon. Do you catch when Devon went to go visit Hayes to get a new new supply? Devon goes, Hayes goes, do you need some money? And Hayes says, no. I flipped over. I'm like, that's all you had to do. Hayes would have, dog, if Hayes would have known that his family was in danger from the mob? You think Hayes would have asked for that money back? That's a good That's point. That's not Hayes. That's a good point. Hayes would have been like, oh, your mom's in danger? Your little sister, your little brother's in danger? Your little brothers are in danger? How much you need? And that's right. just to keep it real here. Like, this is the numbers. I bet the pot was like two grand or something, four grand. Like, that's nothing for Hayes. Mm. So, like, that's why Devon, no, nobody went from MVP to LVP quicker. Because at the start of the episode, I'm like, well, Devon got MVP sold up. <laughs> he got it sold up. Like, this episode's done. And then, like, that moment killed it for me with Devon. Like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to get back on Devon train. Yeah. I got you. Because that was a very quick little thing that happened. It wasn't blown up, but it was something very, very quick that I was like, yo, that's crazy. You realize that's the whole premise behind Breaking Bad, right? You know? Uh, what do you mean? Have you seen Breaking Bad before? Of course I have. It's my favorite. I'm just trying to make sure we're on the same, but that's, that's, my, that's my second favorite series of all time. At the very beginning, when he found out that he had cancer, they had, they had the rich friend where well, the rich friend was like, yo, what you need, dog? <laughs> I got you. And because Walter did not want to do it. Because he felt those people owed him anyway. Yes. Similar to Devon and Hayes. Like, yo, I've been selling for you. You should just give me a brick. <laughs> wow. Pretty. Frito, that's pretty incredible. That is incredible parallelism. You know, and really, that was the whole premise behind Breaking Bad. That got him on making drugs. <laughs> so. yeah. Law and the thing about this, and and it started to, similar to Divine. Wow, you really kicking some parallelism. Similar to Divine, it's actually completely parallel because Walter, after he found that the cancer was done, he could have gone back to teaching school the next day, but he enjoyed being Heisenberg and enjoyed being this. Devon 
They don't really need the money. They selling tea leaves and dirt weed. <laughs> and Bobby is on the brink of being successful in music. Mm. That is a big deal getting your... So for people y'all understand, like record stores, I it was a big deal to have your song play in the local record store. Like I know local MCs, you know what I'm saying? Like even like local Atlanta, they see it was a big deal to go to the record store. Is that are they playing Pastor Troy in the record store? Like, cause I remember when Pastor Troy was super underground. It was like, dang, like they playing, cause that automatically means the people in the record store gonna be like, what is that? Mm-hmm. That yep. means the record store has made a decision that you can bring them profit, and that turns into a mutual relationship. So, like the fact that yo, did you catch the albums that are on the wall in the record store? No, I did not. What did you see, man? Vanilla Ice was up there, two day wow. stream, and that's why when Bobby's like, yo, that real shit, that's what, that's what we need to do. Mm. The real shit on your wall, and then you know the the, the Jamaican owner goes, I gotta sell sugar to sell the pie. I need sugar to sell the pie. And so you look on the back wall and there's like vanilla ice to the street right there. That's a great this is catch. Like 91. So this is like 91. But um, like, wow. Because, you know, you and I, I was telling some students this, this week. Do you remember when hip hop would not get played on the radio until at like 6 o'clock p.m.? <laughs> like, like, I, you know, I, I don't know how Miami radio was, but in Georgia, the Atlanta radio stations literally like you did not drive to school in the morning and heard hip hop mm. unless it was hammer. That's it. You know what I'm saying? And like, but now nah, like you weren't hearing Ice Cube or or Outcast even. I'm from Georgia. Like you weren't hearing that. So that six o'clock was a big deal because Greg Street or whoever the main thing was, was like Greg Street. It was like that's why. Six o'clock was a big deal. Yeah. It was like six o'clock. All right. At the hour, at the work hour, when people were at work, like we can start playing hip hop. So, like, it was real. Like, what Rizzo was saying, like, yo, like, wait till we get our stuff out. That real, wait till that real shit is able to be accepted. So, that was big, man. The yellow tapes, too. Did you catch that? Yellow and black tapes. They're going to be like killer bees in the hood. Yeah, that was cool. Shogun's dope, man. Shogun is dope. I bet. Cool. Now let's roll into the MVPs, you know. Right. Uh, so for me, because it was going down memory lane, it's the tapes, man. It was the distribution of the tapes. That just took me down to a different place where I truly had music as my identity. Mm. And it was just so in short supply that to get somebody's mixtape or to even get a copy of something, it was like a prized possession, dog. And when you got that fire too, it just took it to a whole nother level. It was just kind of like, this is what I was waiting for. Thank you for blessing me with this gold. You know what I mean? So that's MVP for me. What you got, my dude? Very related. So I'm going to do a very surprising MVP because we have not mentioned this person this much, but it's because I was saving it. Okay. The MVP of the episode is D-Love. All right, so I'm going to tell you why. Go ahead. All right, so just real quick. His reaction to Shogun's tape was the most realistic thing in his episode. Because, you know, like, 
Bobby's like, yo, yo, I made a, a tape for Shogun, you know. And these levels like, oh, y'all listen to it. This man comes home, it's like, killer hill, killer, killer hill, got the hype shit. He's like, what the, what is wrong with We're, he's dissing us. He, he's talking about his hood. Like, this is not cool, Bobby. Like, how you gonna produce for the rival? Like, what is wrong with you? Like, why would you think this is cool? And the fact that D love, you know, let, first of all, he, he lets Bobby know that this is whack. Like, why would you do that? But then he goes and makes his own tape, which may actually be better than the Killer Hill joint. Because that must have been nice. Yeah. Was dope. It, was, it was one of the first times I think I saw a little bit of Ghost. Mm. And I know that you and I have been going back and forth. Was like, I, I, you know, he doesn't seem ghost. It doesn't seem ghostish, and it felt a little ghostish on that because you you know you know ghosts like his temperament about disrespect and everything, and so like it you know so the fact he would have got his old tape and he's in the shower with the, like I, I just really loved all that I really loved that because I I want to see more of that from ghosts so and but then and then the fact that you know him he's in the record store and everything and he's hearing his own stuff. But the reason why he is MVP, straight up, he's loyal, man. Mm. He's ticked off at Bobby. He's ticked off. Yeah. Bobby comes to the record store and says, my mom's in trouble? Forget what we got going through. Yeah. That's so to me... I was like, it's honestly like the opposite of the two LVPs we focused on. Yeah. Which were Shuri, I mean, not Shuri, uh, Laurie, uh, Laurie and Divine, who are so caught up in themselves, you know, a, a, you know, a different, you no know, different, you know, a variable, you know, variable um, degrees. But like, D-Love got all the right to be ticked off. And he's still going through the stuff with Sheree and all that, which we didn't talk about because I just don't care. Um but still, I mean, it's still like, you know, like, so he's he's not, he's he's ticked off at the brother. He's ticked off at the sister. But he's like, oh, still y'all family in trouble? What can I do to help? Yeah. So shout out to D-Love, man. I mean, you know, that's been one of the characteristics that has maintained the same for him. Because he's taking care of his mom. He's taking care of his two yeah, yeah. handicapped brothers and stuff like that. So there's a heart in there, and you can kind of see as I'm getting off my uncle granddad porch, why somebody will fall for the dude. You know what I'm saying? Oh yeah, he. You know what? I, I think I said the earlier episode he we would not be friends, but he'd just be the friend I had to keep at a distance. You know. <laughs> We'd have to meet up in neutral locations. Like I'm not, not hanging out with you on the block. But if you want to come by my house and bring and play video games, uh, and don't bring anybody with you or anything with you, yeah, shout out to love. Yo, yo, but I forgot to mention. What's up? One of I felt like was like a crucial part of this episode. Okay. Okay. Um, you remember Shy? Yes. When he's riding in his car trying to holler at the chick. And, you know, he's thinking in his mind, 
I'm a, I'm I'm moving up in the dope boy game. Got the cherry. I got the cherry. What's up? I got my chain on. I got my Kango. Yo, I'm I'm flossing right now. So right now you should be all over me. And he's pulling up to the chick, and she was like, "Nah, but you ain't on no tape though." <laughs> what you listen to? Killer Hill. What else would I be listening to? <laughs> Women will hurt your feelings, bro. They will, but you know what? You already starting to see the gears switching his head. Like, okay, if I'm gonna get these breezies, these broads, I'm gonna have to transition to the rap game. So this also was a sad moment for me. <laughs> Why is that? You know, and look, we're both married men. We're both happily married. We love our wives. So like, but I think it just brings back to like how much we do stuff for women. Yes, I thought the same thing. Yes. Like, like the polo rugby's, <laughs> the cherry beamer, you know, the gold chains. All of that is to impress women, bro. Like real talk. I think it was Chris Rock who said it. If, if it was somebody else, I apologize. I think Chris Rock said it like, if there were no women, men would live out of boxes and be happy. It'd be like a box and a TV. We would just be like living life. We do not need cars or nice houses or nice clothes. Like, it is almost literally to impress women. And I was like, that is crazy. That's crazy. Oh, my God. And even women buy that stuff to impress other women. We do not care about your nails like that. Like, you know, it wouldn't look nice, but like, when we have all the crazy stuff, like, no dudes be like, yo, it's just not happening. Nice. There's other women. This is crazy, bro. It's crazy, man. That's what it got to be. I was like, yo, like, he really, he really heated right there. Like, he really heated. You have a nice car. Be happy with your nice car, your nice chain. You're not there. You got the gold grill. Like you live in life. This one woman messing up your whole day. Just go to another street. Maybe go to another part of town. You're in New York City. You don't gotta hang out in Staten Island. You gotta be. You got a Beamer. Maybe you should go to Queens. Maybe you should go to East Rutherford, New Jersey. I don't know, but like it's crazy. Yeah, man, they got they got they got all the power, bro. They got all the power. Oh man, oh gosh, all right, yo, I think uh, we've covered this episode. I want to say thank you to all the listeners out there. Yeah, appreciate you. Please subscribe, like, follow us on all. Uh, social media channels you know we on instagram facebook we on youtube you know we're on all that jazz uh we appreciate you listening commenting thank you so much and we want to say peace all right man